Loki's dirty. With his eye boogies. I think what's nastier is that like I have absolutely no disgust at just picking at his eye with my bare hands. I don't either, and my aunt, who has a dog, thinks it's so nasty that I do that. Yeah, I wonder if other people think it's nasty. I imagine it's like a child, right? You're going to go up to your child and like just wipe their face. Well, it's our dog. It's, it's not like we don't know where he's been, you know? I don't know if I would do it to like a random dog on the street. A random child. <laughs> just wipe the child's face with a dog. Welcome back to the Shaking Not Scared podcast. Here with you as always, your hosts, Eric and Bibi. Today we're going to be talking about the 2002 movie, 28 Days Later, directed by Danny Boyle. But before we get into that, how are you, Bibi? I decided that today we should start drinking mimosas at 6 p.m. Where's mine? It's right by the computer. You haven't touched it. Oh, I can't see it. Hold on. I'm already two in and you haven't even... You're two in? I'm two in. We just got here. <laughs> we just got here. <laughs> I got it now. Give me a giant strawberry. I can't even get to the actual juice. <laughs> You're going to take a minute to eat that? All right, we'll give you a sec. Well, I asked you how you are, actual. Yeah, I'm excited that we're having mimosas at 6 p.m. We always wake up too late to do actual brunch. We do. Why the hell was it like noon today when we woke up? I was thinking I woke up early. I was like, I'm going to go for a run with I'm going to have a good productive day. I'm going to wait four hours for Vivi to wake up. Meanwhile, I'll play some video games. I haven't played in like five months. And it was my like best life. 11 a.m. Yeah. No, and no. I got up right after you too because I was like, it's actually pretty late. I was like, by the time we get back, she's going to be up already. Ugh, I hate when my wife's awake. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of my wife being awake, you're my wife again. Again. Yeah. Yeah, we're back. We're back. Hope you missed back us. Back again. I don't know. Is there another song that says we're back? I don't know anything. No. About music. I just know how to sing you Weren't a song. Weren't you just singing a song before we started recording? What song was it? Oh, this is how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we got married again. Do you want to talk about it? It was fun. It was finally everything we wanted it to be. Was it everything you wanted it to be? Yeah, it was. I told you, and yes, one of my maids of honor the next day that it was absolutely my dream wedding. I think we had a funny situation where all the like... Things that could go wrong for a wedding happen like the day before or a couple days before. And then the actual day went pretty smooth. What went wrong? Did I miss this? Well, we had an issue with the hotel. Oh, that's right. And then I rolled my ankle like super bad two days before the ceremony. True. You looked like uh, you had an elephant leg for a while. Yeah, it still looks pretty nasty, but I was able to walk and dance. I think it worked out. Maybe if I would have worn heels, I would have like face planted in my wedding dress. Well, it's a good thing you did it beforehand and not that day. Oh, that would have sucked. Yeah, no. Yeah. It went pretty great. I had so much fun. It was dramaless, no fights, no babies getting kicked. <laughs> I was at a party once where like a pregnant lady got kicked. That was crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. No, they, we didn't have that type of party. Yeah. What happened to the baby? <laughs> the baby was doing the kicking. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was super fun. It was. Our friends were lit on the dance floor. Tons of Facebook profile pics changed because of the venue and how cool it was. Oh, yeah. People definitely liked our venue better than us, I think. <laughs> like, they loved it. I think the only thing I would have changed about it was it should have still been fall so that the leaves in the back could have been the vibe we wanted to do. But we still did some fall stuff in there. Yeah. Our cake had Katrina's on it. The cake was black. The cake was black. People really liked our cake. It tasted pretty good. I'm surprised because I hate cake. And both the cakes we got... One was a display cake, one was the actual cake were good. And that yeah. never happens. It's always like cake is bad. I didn't eat any of the cake that day. But I remember the only time I tasted it was when you and I shoved it in each other's mouths in front of all of these people. Nice. The fondant was really good. Yeah, it was awesome. I can't believe it's over. Three years of planning. And now we're going to Brenda and Francisco's wedding in a week. Yeah. <laughs> and then hopefully we'll just never talk about weddings ever again. Ever again. Except for the next time we get married. Right. We're doing a 10 year, a 15 year. Five year, one year. We could go elope somewhere though. We're going to go to Salem again, right? Maybe. Let's do it on a beach this time. New Orleans beach. Oh, New Orleans, New Orleans has a beach. Seems fun. Go to Europe. Just uh, add us on the socials and let us know where we should go and we'll just go there. Where should we go to get married yet again? Yeah. Married, not murdered. Because if they tell us where to go and they know we're going there and they just wait for us, they're going to kill us there. True. Yeah. So actually don't do that. Don't, you know just what? don't reach out Disregard. To <laughs> Other than that, how are you? Doing good. I was spiraling at Michael's yesterday because all the Halloween stuff is back. Well, at some places. Not all of it. I keep waiting for more. Vivi was looking for something to resin. It, resin your bouquet. And I was just rocking back and forth in the aisles. It's like having a, a really hyperactive kid running up and down the aisles. You're like, can I help you? Actually, I have no creepy content today. My creepy content was going to be about what I'm making right now because that's why we're here in the living room instead of our usual space. Mm -hmm. But if you want to give your actual creepy content, I'll just talk about what I'm making. Sure. I watched 
right before recording, actually, because like Eric said, I've been messing with resin and I'm about to resin everything in the house. Including me and Loki. Including you guys. Yeah. <laughs> just going to encase us. But I watched, I don't know when it came out. I just noticed it today. It was the Dennis Nielsen Files. Dennis Nielsen, if you don't know, he is often called the London Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't like that people say that because I feel like it diminishes his case and his victims. But he had a similar MO to Dahmer where he was a homosexual man who lured and preyed on young homeless boys and murder them. I was watching the documentary where it had his like voice recordings over because he wrote a memoir, which I don't like either. I don't like when serial killers get to tell their side of the story because it's like, we, we don't already know. We care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just something I threw on while I was working. It's an interesting case. I just already knew about it and was just kind of listening passively as I was working on stuff. So it wasn't like anything super new. I don't know if I would like Super recommend. If you don't know anything about the case, I would actually recommend listening to the last podcast on the web's episode on it because it's way more in depth than this Netflix documentary. I guess to redeem myself, I am still reading those books I mentioned a couple times, the deep level and the twisted ones. I just haven't gotten back into it because the real creepy content is coming back to figuring out if I paid my bills or not. Yeah. The deep level, I think I only have like, I don't know, five chapters left. So I'll, I'll talk more about how it went. And then the same thing goes with the Twisted Ones. I think I'm like halfway through. We went to the stores, got a bunch of stuff, pulled out all the, the day that we got back from the wedding, I pulled out all our Halloween decorations. They didn't even unpack or put anything away and just already started taking out other boxes and more mess. I was putting my foot up because I had rolled it and I swear me and Loki were just watching you go back and forth, pulling <laughs> yeah. everything up. We were both sitting on the couch like, look at him go. Yeah. If anyone's seen on the socials, I have a 3D printer now and so I'm making a bunch of spooky stuff one of the things i've been inspiring about is just figuring out what i want to print next right now i'm printing a zombie hand ring stand so that i can put my rings on it because i've got like thanos six rings now why i'm gonna collect them all and just snap the half of the universe away just so we're clear these are six <laughs> wedding rings that he has acquired through murder it sounds like yeah. it sounds like i've killed people at their weddings and just taken their rings it does kind of sound like that <laughs> but it's gonna be cool i'll post pictures once we paint it i think you're probably gonna paint it because mm-hmm. you're better at that than i am i'm just gonna make it you just paint them fair enough i guess <laughs> well another fun thing that we did this week was we guessed on another podcast the show is What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie? It was fun. It was a good time. They're watched- super nice. Super fun to talk to. And they were covering cults specifically this month. So we went on to talk about The Invitation, which I'd never seen before. But if you want to know our opinions on that, I believe their episode airs this Thursday, the day after this. If you want to go ahead and check them out on all your favorite podcasting sites. <laughs> they also covered Mandy and The Wicker Man, I believe. So if you like those movies too, check them out. Just uh, FYI, we also talk about peeing horses and getting stopped by the cops so that's a little glimpse into the weird stuff (laughs) (laughs) we definitely went on a lot of tangents (laughs) so we kept saying like we're sorry you're gonna have to edit this a lot yeah but it was a fun time (laughs) thanks again for having us i think that's it for creepy content do you want to talk about a drink or do i uh, i think you should talk about it because i was very much against an ingredient that is used in this drink (laughs) so if you've seen the movie 28 days later you'll remember that there's a part where when they meet frank and hannah they're like, let's celebrate. What do we have to drink? And then Hannah's like, the only thing we have is creme de menthe. And he's like, well, I guess creme de menthe it is. Then later, there was also a part of the store where they were like, don't pick up just anything. Pick up the good stuff. And so he picks up scotch. So I figured, let me make something with creme de menthe and scotch. And that's the thing that Vivi was like, oh, sounds disgusting. I mean, no. it does sound really bad. <laughs> I made a recipe. It's got creme de menthe, it's got scotch, and I also used orange juice. Mm. Do you want to taste it? Just... For the record, it's a very interesting green color. Right on brand. It tastes like a Klondike bar. I mean, it's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I don't like creme de menthe is it's just a very minty flavor. I usually like mint, but this is like very artificial mint. Like gum. And you know what you combined? You combined toothpaste and orange juice. It's not terrible. I definitely thought it was going to taste way worse. Well, I saw that there were some other recipes that, because I was trying to see if it was even like possible to do something like that with creme de menthe and scotch and see what other existing cocktails were out there. And I I saw that there was like one with lemon juice. I can't imagine that that's any different. Like orange juice at least isn't as sour. Mm -hmm. So mint and sour sounds weird. No, yeah, this just tastes like a Klondike bar. 
I am going to have very good breath. Me too. This. I think that's why I kind of don't hate it. It's, like, it's kind of cold even. <laughs> Tastes like mouthwash. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine drinking this next to a glass of water and it's just like the coldest water you've ever drank. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. What do you rate it? I really don't like creme de menthe. <laughs> I didn't even use that much. Honestly, it's like a six ounce drink and creme de menthe is only an ounce of that. And it's so green. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it a two out of five. Oh. It's okay. I'll give it a two and a half. I mean, if mint is your thing. It's not like nasty. I've tasted worse. We've made worse for yeah. sure. And it looks pretty. I think it's a nice shade of green. Yes, I guess yeah, so. If you're trying to go zombie theme, this shade of green is pretty good. Well, I will say in this film, the zombies aren't greenish. I actually have a fun fact about that if you want to move Ooh. into that. If you're yeah. done talking crap about my drink. My diet, Dr. Kelp. Now I'm done. Don't you ever once think about the customer? <laughs> oh, the customer specifically said they don't like creme de menthe. <laughs> and you said you are gonna like it. Yeah. Fun facts? Ready? In order to shoot a post-apocalyptic London with no one in sight, the film crew typically had anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour after sunrise before the city became too busy to film. The same was true for several other shots, including empty expressways, which would be filmed between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. with the help of the police who would slow traffic down, only to get about like 60 seconds of footage. I wondered the same thing when I was watching. I was like, how did they get these shots? Because video editing and all that stuff was not as advanced at the time. So they had to do it naturally. I thought the exact same thing. I actually thought like, no, they had to like reconstruct this in a studio or something. Because how do they get the streets of London to be empty? In order to get help, the director hired beautiful women to be the ones who would tell them like, no, go this other way so that it would be less problematic for the drivers weird <laughs> yeah it's really weird <laughs> what if they were gay or women drivers i don't know apparently it worked beautifully so okay later in the film there's a scene where the four main characters are enjoying their time together this one's actually kind of sad so this scene was allegedly filmed on 9 11 2001 and by the time they were done the World Trade Center was still on fire, making it pretty discomforting for the actors trying to be happy for the scene, but knowing that this was going on in New York. The final scene? Uh, no, the scene where they're out in the fields, they see those horses, they're like eating, having a good time. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, how do you act happy when you're thinking about one of the most traumatic events in current history? <laughs> the film was purposely shot on DV-based Canon XL1 cameras. I don't know about cameras, but that's the name of the camera. So that the bad quality would make the film more gritty. So I also thought about that. A lot of shows from England are always shot in this kind of quality, and I thought it was just a thing to do. But for this movie, it was done on purpose. Because like, if you watch the IT crowd, it's like similar. Grainy. Grainy British TV look. I don't British know. TV. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that they purposely made it bad quality. I also wondered why they chose to do that. Make it gritty. Make it more like... Reality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think it works. Yeah, it gives this film like a very unique style because the second one is not like this at all. No, yeah, the second one's like higher production quality and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Second one sucks. I don't like it. Danny Boyle never actually referred to his infected as zombies. According to 28, quote unquote 28 lore, because it's a thing, the rage virus came from a mutated version of the Ebola virus, and so they're infected and not zombies. It's funny, as this version of zombie is debated to be the most iconic and first version of the running zombie. I didn't write this down, but I also read that like George A. Romero also didn't ever really call his undead zombies. George A. Romero is an iconic creator of what makes the zombie genre mm -hmm. the slow zombies we know and then danny boyle is debatably the first running zombie creator and he also didn't acknowledge them as zombies i think you did mention in the night of the living dead episode we did that they're never called zombies yeah. outright the reason that people debate that this isn't the first running zombies is because in night of the living dead there was one running zombie that I think chased after the truck. Okay. There were runners in Return of the Living Dead. Some of the zombies in that movie were like faster. People get really technical about those are like fast shufflers versus runners. Oh, you can't get that. Yeah, it's really weird. Nitpicky about it. It's zombies, whatever. I do think that a lot of these movies tend to do the trope of we're not going to call it a zombie because in this movie world, nobody knows what a zombie is. And I could see that being true. Like, let's say coronavirus made people eat flesh and we're still going to call it an infection, you know? Mm -mm. Eric would be like, zombie apocalypse right yeah. now. Well, what happened back in like, I think I think I was in high school when this happened, or college. The but that salts. guy with the bad salts that was eating someone's face on the expressway. Yeah. Immediately, people were like on the internet calling him a zombie. Interesting. Maybe we should do a zombie mini-sode, our shots of horror. Thanks for listening last week, or two weeks ago, if you did. I think it'd be cool to do like a voodoo zombie topic. You know, they say that they use them as slaves, and then they do field work. That's like the real concept yes. of a zombie. Yeah. I think the next couple episodes are going to be zombie related. You want to do Don and Sean and... Don and Sean, yeah. <laughs>
and land and war and marmy and because they're all like blah 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 of the dead of the dead <laughs> is that it for fun tiktok facts? of the dead huh yeah you're wow. doing the speed run right ready i guess so set go okay so we open on this monkey watching a bunch of violent television and then these activists come in to free them and then the scientist is like what are you doing why are you freeing monkeys that are infected with rage <laughs> and then the monkey attacks the lady and then there's like an outbreak of zombies we don't know that because we open on this dude being like naked in the hospital because apparently when you go into a coma you're just naked and he's waking up to a deserted london he doesn't know what's going on until he enters a church and the dead start attacking him and then these two people come and rescue him one is Celine, one is matt whatever he's like my parents what about them they go to his house he's his parents are dead and he's kind of accepting like whatever's happening so matt gets, gets killed and then Celine and him meet up with hank and han no frank and hannah a family who are like there's this military base that could save us and they go to the military base and it's full of assholes rapists that like are worse than probably the living dead and then um jim goes ninja mode and attacks everyone and and kills everyone to save the women, and they end up on Burn. a farmhouse. Ah! I was so close. You were. What do you want? Nothing. A shot of water. If you come back here with creme de menthe. Creme de That's all we got. What's good with orange juice? Vodka. Let's do it. I want to make you take a shot of vodka. What's up, Loki? You want some Tito's? I really don't want to drink. I will throw up. I'm already throwing up. Amazing. I hate it. Oh, I can't do it. You asked for it. Well, this episode's gonna be real good. I can't wait. Well. Do do you want me to read? <laughs> Do you want a short one or like a super long one? There's this one that's like just one sentence. Sure. Four weeks after a mysterious incurable virus spreads throughout the UK, a handful of survivors try to find sanctuary. I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> a handful. A pair, if you will. <laughs> just a few. I'm sweating. Much like everyone in this movie. From a shot. Shot of uh, rage virus. Yeah. <laughs> well, ready to dive in? Yeah. So we open on a bunch of chaotic scenes of riots of war and you think oh we're kind of jumping right in mid zombie infection seeing what's going on around the world already then they pan out and it turns out it is chimpanzees watching this footage of violence and rage for some reason i don't know what the point of this is because i feel really bad for the apes but also if they're like a research facility for ebola according to lore right what does showing them this like, is this just some other experimental facility that's just not a part of that main Ebola research <laughs> They're section? just going a little extra with it. If they've already found that the mutated rage version of the Ebola is a thing, they're like, well, let's just show them more violence and make it worse. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand science. But the one that was tied up and looking at the TVs didn't seem aggressive. We also then see a group of what we assume are activists here to free these chimpanzees from animal testing. They don't fully understand what's going on, but they run into a scientist who tells them, specifically yells at them, they are infected, do not free them. The girl literally opens one of the Glass cages. boxes. The monkey attacks her and rips up her face. At this point, the scientist has called and notified everyone that there's a break-in but it's too late he tries to but they stop him they, they stop him and then the chimpanzees start attacking everyone my favorite thing is that they just say that they're infected with rage <laughs> yeah. like who isn't yeah you made the joke during your speed run but i did <laughs> but it was like <laughs> last night too because <laughs> the way that's so dramatic he's like they're infected with rage <laughs> teenage angst the thing that I think is interesting about this virus, too, is that immediately as you're infected, you puke blood. There's a lot of blood puking you know, in this like, I don't know why. It's scary, for sure. The girl who gets immediately bitten by the ape, she, like, turns around and her eyes are bloodshot. There's definitely a fast rate of infection because it's, like... The 10 to 20 seconds, right? Exactly. So that's pretty fast. That is the opening scene. And then we get a title card that says 28 Days Later. And it's the title of the film. It happens twice. And I kind of got lost the second time it happens because it's almost like implied that 28 Days Later is also how long it takes for the zombies to starve. Yes. Towards the end, though. Yeah. So in total, 56 days then? If it's 28 days later from when it started to where he woke up, and then again later it says 28 days later, and that's when it shows that they're starving, is it 56 days then? So you're saying the real title of this film should be 56, 56 days, days later. <laughs> <laughs> we open on, do you know this actor's name? He's in a ton of stuff. He's in the Peaky Blinders too. Yes, he plays Scarecrow in Batman Begins. Yes. This is probably it. his first breakout role, right? I think so. He was super young when this movie came out, obviously. 2002, his name is Cillian Murphy. Oh, he's in a quiet place too. Actually, we haven't seen that. I think oh, I saw yes, that. He... And seeing that he's in it made me more excited to see it. Piggy Blinders, I know you haven't watched it, but I really like it. It's funny because you would watch it a lot 
as the seasons were coming out on Netflix. And I feel like in that, he looks older and like here he looks like a scrawny teenager. He looks like a kid. You don't really get too much backstory about his character, Jim, but he's with his parents. Maybe he was like a college kid or something. It uh, seems like he was doing the equivalent of like Uber Eats where he was delivering food on his bike and stuff. So we find out that he was in a coma. I don't understand why he was naked. I don't either because I'm like, they would have had at least one of those. I like say the, bata in Spanish because it's like a, a robe. A robe, yeah. Those horrible garbs that are like open at the butt. I, don't get me wrong. He still would have been like partially exposed, but he was like laying there completely naked for some reason yeah. i don't think when you like go into a coma they're just like leave him naked so he can breathe one of the zombies was like i'm cold i need to take this guy's clothes maybe but he's waking up from this coma looks like he's in an icu type situation he's ripping out his iv and for a big first chunk of this movie you see him trying to get some food in the hospital asking around who's there in fact this was filmed in a real hospital over the weekend because they were closed on weekends and the money went straight to their foundation that's cool i also wonder how a hospital can be closed on the weekend i say the same thing about veterinary hospitals because locs closes pretty often they always send the emails and they're like we're close today i'm like the fuck what happens if loki's leg breaks in half i don't know i don't know i guess that's just universal <laughs> health care for you yeah they're just it gets week. so convenient you only get sick during the week <laughs> i would fucking love that here, yeah <laughs> yeah he's walking around the hospital he's drinking pepsi they're sewing up all over the floor he's screaming oh this Hello. film was 100 percent sponsored by pepsi <laughs> you think so because there's like so many mentions of pepsi and seven up what are the other ones Mars bars, right? Sponsored by junk food. Because I thought movies couldn't do that. Like, unless they had some sort of hand in with that sponsor. There's a whole profession around making fake brands and stuff like that for film Mm -hmm. and movies. I think there's a bit in Wayne's World... I think it's like the second one. Rob Lowe is in it and they are literally like making fun of movies that take like partnership deals like that. It's like drink Pepsi and it's like super obviously an ad, right? And then it also reminds me of how you say that Fast and the Furious I was about is to say, it can't get super any worse. sponsored by Corona. It can't get any worse than them. I think it was like the seventh or eighth one where it's just like you didn't even try. Like we watched... Superstore. Superstore, yeah. And there's that one episode where they're all eating and drinking in the break room and the LaCroix cans are always facing the camera. Always, always. always. Yes, like that can... show is sponsored by LaCroix. <laughs> in Fast and Furious 7 or 8, I can't remember. It's literally like a commercial in the middle of the movie because they're like addressing how good the beer is. The main characters are like, wow, Corona Light. It's really good. And he's like, yeah, it's like really refreshing. You can drink this on the beach in the summer, wherever you want. You could drive a car while drinking it. So what we're saying is Corona. <laughs> so sponsor yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. um, Not sponsored by Corona. No, I actually don't really like Corona. I don't really care to be sponsored by Corona. Pre and post pandemic, <laughs> don't really like Corona. Jim, who we later find out that's his name, is wandering the streets of London He's kind of collecting food as he goes. He's put on scrubs. He's no longer naked. It reminds me so much of The Walking Dead. Yeah. But I think this came way before that. The comic started in 2003. So after. Okay. Yeah. So I would say it's very reminiscent of like the opening episode of The Walking Dead where Rick's walking around trying to figure out what's going on as well. So what we're saying here is comas save you from zombie apocalypses. What we're saying is don't go in a coma because you might wake up and it might be a zombie apocalypse. (laughs) great advice again he's walking the empty streets of london and he comes upon a church you want to take over this part because i think i went to get a snack oh did you (laughs) while this part was happening my favorite part of the church is that he walks in and there's like just a giant pile of bodies and isn't thrown back at all you know like i think if you walked in and something like this he'd be like what the fuck like he hasn't seen anybody up until this point he says hello two zombies are like you interrupted my prayer (laughs) because they just stare at him they also don't like go crazy and he still is not in a panic well he doesn't know what's going on yet but you see two bodies just pop up out of nowhere on this piles of bodies you're still kind of like walk in one direction and then the doors slam open the priest standing there and he's like father father and the guy's like shaking and convulsing making weird noises and he starts to back up and he's like father father what's wrong what's wrong and he starts to attack and he hits him with his bag of groceries or whatever 
he had bag of cocaine, <laughs> bag Pepsi of co- cans, bag of cocaine, bag of, co- bag of cocaine. Yeah, he, he backs out more of the infected start to run after him. And so he's sprinting. And that's when he runs into two masked characters who are like, follow us and start to throw Molotovs trying to get away. And it's turning into nighttime. They light enough zombies on fire that they explode a gas station. Super cinematic. I read that when they did this, apparently the local police department had no idea. Oh, like, no. The director had done everything he had to in terms of paperwork and stuff with the city. But I don't know what happened with the police department that they thought it was a real thing Shit. of arson. And so they got everyone and the firefighters and everybody involved. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> For them to think it was real. What a panic. Yeah. It's probably like the biggest thing we see in this whole movie as far as budget goes. I, I would say there's definitely parts. I think the makeup is pretty good. I'm pretty sure they spent quite a chunk of change on the makeup. Mm-hmm. The gas station explodes and they go into the store. We get the introduction to Mark and Celine, not Matt. And this is the first time that Jim actually finds out what's going on. They tell him that about four weeks ago, the infected started to appear. First, it seemed like riots on your television at first, and then it was in your backyard, which is like terrifying because it's like, it reminds me of the pandemic when the riots started going out. Like, can you imagine if it ended up being zombies at the end of it? Yeah. And some parts of the internet, stuff like that started to come about too. This could mutate to something worse. So they say this line that I think is haunting. It was like, at first it was on our TVs, but then it was in our backyards. And then the media went dead, which would be so hard to imagine now. I guess the film Alive kind of covers how a zombie outbreak would be now because you'd still have social media. I don't know if that would even happen because eventually Mm -hmm. power would die. You wouldn't have internet if there's no power. Maybe you would have satellite, but how are you going to charge your phones? But this film is in the sweet spot of the early 2000s where... If the media goes out, it's definite. They're explaining to him what's going on. I don't know if they fully say that the infected eat flesh and things like that. I they don't just think kind they of do. attack, right? It's kind of like an amplified version of rabies. They don't actually visibly bite anybody, right? They full on attack. If, as long as their blood and saliva get on or in you. <laughs> on or in you, yes. So they're explaining this to him and he's saying that he then has to go look for his parents in what I think is like, this film has so many sad scenes, but this is one of them. Celine and Mark, right? Mark, not Matt. I'm gonna. Is her name Celine or Selena? They call her both. Both, right? Throughout the thing. But they agreed to go check on his parents. They pretty much have told him like, your parents are dead. They go check out the home. They find out that his parents chose to commit suicide with a photo of him as a child. And on the photo, it basically says, we are joining you in sleep. I'm paraphrasing here because it's longer than that. But at the end, it says, do not wake up, which I found devastating. <laughs> they had a peaceful death. Like... Thinking they're going to be reunited with their son. And then their son wakes up. It's sad. <laughs> it is sad, yeah, because their bodies are kind of decaying. A lot of times that they find bodies in this movie, like in the church scene, I don't imagine that everyone is infected. There are some dead people in there. But there are no decaying bodies. Like, how long does it take? This is 28 days later. How long does it take for a body to decay? I thought it was super fast. So did I. You'd at least see changes in the flesh, smell, and all that stuff, right? They're going up to the room where they think his parents are, and they're, like, gagging because the smell of decay is there. But I think they would be more more decomposed. I don't know. If you're a scientist and you know this stuff, please email us (laughs) and let us know. (laughs) Show us how bodies decay. I mean, don't show us. You can just, like, (laughs) give us a timeline. Yeah, if you're a mortician also. Oh, my God. I think that job is so interesting. There's, like, morticians that make YouTube channels and talk about that kind of stuff. And I'm just, like, the shit you see. You know what I think is insane? There's people who have life insurance businesses and have a morgue business. Sorry, a funeral home business. So it's like they not only insure people for when they die, but they also take care of you when you die. Damn, so it's that like seems a, shady. I think there's rules against that in some places because it's like a closed circle business where you tell people, here's for if you die. And then also, here's for when you're dead. <laughs> yeah, that should be illegal. I was listening to a podcast of someone who would take care of the bodies after they're dead. They go pick them up. I think it is the mortician, right? Mm-hmm. They thought it was a really weird case. They went to go pick them up. I think this was on the Spooked podcast if you want to actually listen to the story told better than i'm doing (laughs) they picked up the body and they noticed the body was like in weird stages of decay it was like an older man at like a hospice center they like were a student so they were following the protocols like really like to the t i guess they were like an apprentice and then they have like the person they study under called them later panicking saying like if you did not wear a hazmat suit or something like you're in danger and it turns out that the body had like a flesh-eating bacteria on it and it had spread in the hospice place 
place. Oh crap. To their like mate, their like roommate. But because they were a student and they were like super worried about like following the protocol, they were okay, but that's still like <laughs> oh, terrifying. Yeah. Just a couple of things away from being ruining your life also, yeah. yeah or also in the morgue <laughs> yes oh my that's god that's crazy i always get worried about this stuff because flesh-eating bacteria is a common thing that scares me so much and it's about like going in the ocean and anywhere right yeah it, it can happen anywhere like when i start to see like a certain rash i'm like oh no it's happening this is how i go i think i broke out after the wedding on my nose and i was like it's happening here on my nose <laughs> i broke out too but i think it was because we were like running around sweaty yeah hot sexy <laughs> as hell on oh. our wedding day <laughs> Anyway, back to this movie that we're still in the first 20 minutes of. That's because I have stories about this movie, too. Because I, I grew up watching this movie, and it's, like, the source of a lot of my nightmares growing up. It <laughs> is. Nightmare like, feel. Being a kid that I, I think I've mentioned enough times that growing up, I wasn't super, like, a fan of horror because I was super easy to scare. I was, like, scared of the dark and shit. But I would always have nightmares of one of the scenes that's coming up next because they stay in the house, right? And he's like, you guys can sleep upstairs. I'll stay down here. But they're like, no, we should stick together. The zombies or the undead seem to only travel during the nighttime or in dark spaces they don't like the light for some reason i'm assuming because of the eyes it's like irritated and which reminds me of like i am legend right because they only come out in the dark reminds me of something else too i think it's like a play on vampire lore because they're kind of the same where they're undead so when you're undead and you're pale and your eyes are like not functioning you have sensitivity to light so i could be confusing it's it with strange that. yeah so Jim ignores that, carrying around a candle. He puts on a projector. He's watching home videos, which, you know, it's sad. In that exact moment, just quickly, this is what I dream of all the time, is being in a house with light, and then the zombie just runs in through the door and tackles him and immediately starts screaming for help from Selena and Mark. They come in quickly. They attack the zombies because there's like two or three of them. They take care of them, but in the chaos, it seems like Mark's gotten cut. Selena sees that, and he's like, wait, and she just hacks him away and jim's no like hesitation. what the heck yeah and she's like you can see it in his face he knew he was infected which is crazy it is what you're supposed to do my family brings this up all the time i would wake up from these nightmares and i'd be like i always dream about my younger brother who is you know, he's got cerebral palsy and he doesn't walk 100 percent, right and so i'd always dream of these kinds of situations where i had to save my family and i had these kind of handicaps right if you want to call it, i don't know if that's pc anymore but it's like i'd have these situations that were very difficult it was like my dad had tendonitis and so his legs were not functioning and so he'd have crutches or like my brother who couldn't walk 100 percent. it was like i had to save everybody but then they're holding us back and it's like either i carry him but then he slows me down and i'm like the only hope there was so much in my nightmares that were like a fear of not being able to save them but also i had to like sacrifice somebody in order to save the rest kind of thing and like a legit zombie movie <laughs> yes yes i was like 10 years old and dreaming of this kind of thing are you okay <laughs> i am not okay you are clearly not okay <laughs> yeah because i'm trying to like speed up and say this but i would always wake up and be like well i guess my ultimatum is i need to sacrifice my younger brother because otherwise the rest will die kind of thing or like i remember one time i dreamt that similar to my dad right he had tendonitis and crutches i remember dreaming one time that i saved my younger brother and i was carrying him and i was like but i also have to save my dad and i dreamt that my dad was like jet skiing on his crutches <laughs> He's like, later, bitches. <laughs> yeah. He had like rollerblades and the crutches was like flying. And, and I was like, oh, okay, he's good then. He's fine. He's good. So sometimes the dreams turn into like funny, funny things, things, but sad stuff to dream about as a kid. Yeah. yeah, I think a therapist would have a field day with you. <laughs> well, I don't dream that stuff anymore. It's just interesting. And so the 28 Days Later, a lot of the scenes from this movie are things that would like feed those nightmares. So I'm guessing you watched this movie like really did, way yeah. too young. 2000... 2002. 2002, yeah, I was 10. It was exactly 10, yeah. <laughs> Bit much for you yeah so she kills mark they leave jim is like we need to come up with a plan we need to think of something and selena has this outlook on the post-apocalypse that is like there is no plan the plan is just to survive what do you want to do fucking have sex and live happily ever after which they do but <laughs> spoiler alert in that moment they see that there's this building in the distance with christmas lights on the patio that are flashing and so jim points it out and is like look there might be someone there. So Selena's kind of against it, but they do make their way to the building. Smartly enough, there's a bunch of shopping carts piled up against the stairway in this building. Which I was confused about. Was that something that Frank and Hannah had planned ahead? They had piled those things up there to survive or the tenants? that were like there previously it could have been at some point there's no real explanation as to no. how they're the only ones that have survived 
Seems like maybe he was a cop because he has that SWAT gear. With I was the... going to say, like, he ends up being a taxi driver, but he has full SWAT gear. Or he's just a survivalist in general. Because he, he does have, like, a radio. He's, like, collecting rain and stuff. So maybe he's just a really smart guy. A conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, he's mad at Moody. So, he really is, yeah. though. <laughs> Constant vigilance. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to make their way up to the department. In that moment, they hear the undead coming and easily get past the shopping cart. So I was like, well, if I thought in the beginning that it was a smart idea, but it, like, did nothing to stop them. So whatever, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because this film is, like... The zombies are kind of intelligent, like one kind of talks later. Yeah, that was so weird. And so I don't know where they are in terms of the smarter zombies versus the fast versus the slow versus the stupid Dumb, ones. Yeah. yeah, they run and get scared by Frank because he's in complete SWAT gear, and they're like, "Oh!" And he's like, "Go to apartment one fifty-seven." And Hannah's there. She's like, "Where's my dad?" And it's a very chaotic moment because the zombies are now battling with Frank in the stairway. He finally gets back. He's like, "Let them in." He's like, "Well, what do we have to celebrate? Welcome, Frank." Because I'm sure it's like a breath of fresh air to see more people Absolutely. when you're alone. Right? When we were in quarantine, we were calling our friends and even more friends and more friends to just have people to talk to. Not to say that we didn't enjoy each other's company, but like when you're together all day, you know each other's stories. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, well, let's, let's just give them creme de man. Jim and Selena kind of talk about, well, what's next? Where do we go? The next morning, Frank is like, we need you guys more than you need us. And Hannah and I aren't going to stay stuck here. We're going to run us up eventually. He puts on this broadcast of like a military blockade that says that they've got food, they've got shelter, they've got all the things that you hear in these movies. It repeats. And then they're like, we don't even know if they're alive. We don't know if this is real. We don't know how long ago this was done. We don't know if we're going to get there. But they're like, it's our only hope. And they're like, how are we going to get there? And like you said, Frank's the taxi driver. So he's got this truck. And this whole drive to this place is kind of like a just a dream slash fun trip. Until they get to the blockade, there's really nothing very life-threatening. Story-wise. I would have stayed in the outskirts of cities because that's where less people are. Yeah, I agree with you. Especially when they run into like empty grocery stores and... That are super stocked. Yeah. Why would you go... Okay. But they do. They put their trust <laughs> in the government. Like idiots. Like you said, there's just like these kind of dream sequences. There's even like scenes where they're driving in the car. They look like they're driving through paintings. Like the person who made this film was very like experimental artistic film. Because <laughs> it was like, God, what is that painting here in Chicago? It's like very iconic. It's in like Ferris Bueller's Day Off where like you look at it closely. It's a bunch of dots and then you... You back away and it's oh, an yeah. actual... It's, is it a Monet? I don't. Okay. I'm bad at names. Before. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's like a painting like that where they're driving through flowers and then they're driving through windmills. There's, like you said, the probably the most prominent scene in this is when they're at a gas station. Jim is kind of exploring the gas station. This moment is kind of weird for Jim, right? He went looking for someone to kill. You know, I think you would do this. You think I would do this? <laughs> you would do this because he's like bored because he doesn't want to get gas. And so he goes exploring. And I feel like that's a very you thing to do where you're like, I've been standing still for too long. Let me go see what's I'd going on. I'd be the on. one putting gas. No. <laughs> yeah, you would. Okay. But he runs into what we're assuming is the family that owned the gas station and the diner attached. We get a zombie baby. With its mouth open. With its mouth open. Horrifying. It, it reminds me of the Titanic. When they like, oh. yeah, they show the baby in the mom's arms. Like, is that a call out to the Titanic? It's like he knows that someone is there still. He does what he did in the church where it's silent. There's bodies everywhere. And again, he yells, hello. Hello. Which is interesting because that's what they write at the end mm -hmm. to get the attention. But then this like zombie 10 year old comes out saying, <laughs> I hate you. Very angsty. And Jim just kills it like nothing. And then he leaves and Celine's like, where were you? And he's like, eh, nothing happened. Did you find anything? He's like, nah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Selena tells Jim that Hannah and Frank give her hope. She's like, she has her dad. He has her daughter. That's like a beauty in chaos that I want and I didn't know was possible. And so she kisses Jim. Another thing to quickly note in these scenes is that she was a chemist or a pharmacist chemist. So she's loaded with drugs. There's a scene where they can't sleep and she gives them Valium. Was it Valium? I, th I think so. One other thing that I think is sad about this time when they're having trouble sleeping is that Jim keeps having nightmares about being left alone when he wakes up. And Frank goes and stops him and is like, hey, hey, you're having a nightmare. And Jim's like, thanks, dad. And I was like, oh, it's so sad. There are so many moments in this movie that are so sad when you stop and think about them. Yeah, it is sad. But like, it's so action-y 
and stressful that you don't even get to process the sad part sometimes. They finally reach the military blockade and it looks deserted, like no one has survived. Frank is pretty upset. Kind of funny to me when Frank is upset because he starts yelling like Mad-Eye Moody <laughs> and I just <laughs> think of Harry Potter. I think he made me watch, what was it, Gangs of New York or something? Yeah, and he's and in he's that. also in there. He's and one of the, I think he's, I can't remember the specific names, but Always Room for More podcast recently talked about that movie too. I they were never heard so of that movie that. until you made me watch it. Yeah, yeah go listen to their episode about it. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Because he probably had a ton of roles before Mad-Eye Moody, but he's just like, I just see him as Mad-Eye Moody. This is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This was before Goblet of Fire. In his rage, he gets infected in the most unlikely way. Or I guess it is likely. It's just not one that you think about. He's trying to shoo away a crow that's eating an infected person. In the process, a drop of blood gets in his eye. Dead in his eye. So unlucky. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. He was yelling at the crow too because he thought the crow was mocking him. He was having a breakdown and then he got infected. Sucks. Hannah finds him and is like, Dad, are you okay? And he's like, I love you, Hannah. Get away from me. And she's like, what? Throw him back. And he's like, get away from me. And starts to convulse. And Selena's like, Jim, kill him. Jim's holding back. Jim hasn't had to kill anyone he's cared about so which drastically changes at the end of the movie because he goes full on yeah i know he went psychopathic killer (laughs) (laughs) but we can get to that right when he's about to try to kill frank he gets gunned down by these people who are in the forest what assholes waiting until one of them gets infected to let them in stupid but after they've killed one of their crew they pick them up and take them to what looks like a mansion Mm -hmm. honestly why this military has set up on this mansion this is nearby. The main guy is like, I bet you were expecting like a giant brigade and there's just us. I think it was like 19 of them or nine of them. I didn't catch the exact number. I think he said nine or 19. Seems like nine though, because there's not that many of them. I feel like in the chaotic scenes, it seems like there's more of them, mm-hmm. but I, I don't remember the exact number. Yeah, less than 20. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> there's less than 20. They're like radioing them and they're like, put on the kettle. I'm like, the most <laughs> British thing ever. They're in the middle of an apocalypse and they're like, put on some tea. <laughs> the equivalent to uh, agua los frijoles. Yeah, because we got people coming. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, it's a very traditional thing to say to put water in your beans because you make the beans last longer and then just heat them up so that when people visit, you have beans to feed them. Man, we're, we're Mexican. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they arrive at this military base and they kind of get a tour of like explaining how they've protected themselves. Mansion, they've set up essentially landmines outside the perimeter and they go off if, say, an infected tries to walk up on them. There's a, a boiler. So they, they have it pretty good. They're pretty set in terms of survival. I think their only issue is they're slightly running out of food. And and apparently women. And women, I guess. I think this is a very common theme in, in zombie movies where the people left surviving are often as terrible, if not more terrible, than the zombies. More terrible, I'd say. Yes, because at least zombies, they have no control of themselves. You know what like, they're trying to do. Yeah, but humans, scary. Jim keeps trying to tell Selena, like, it's okay, we're here now, we're safe. Selena's like, it's not okay, it's all fucked, because Hannah no longer has Frank. That's, like, the only thing that I was holding on to was that mm-hmm. there was some hope because they had each other, and now they don't, and what does that mean for the rest of us? They're fucked, we're fucked, we're all fucked. I just wrote down in my notes that Selene and Jim have, like, a very vulnerable moment, and for some reason that means they need to start making out. <laughs> Probably not what she was looking for. I know. And then she kind of pushes them away, right? She, yeah, because she's trying to have a conversation. <laughs> I did want to mention that on this tour of the property, what is the the commander's name? West. West. Shows Jim Mailer, who is essentially their pet zombie because they have him chained up outside. And if you've ever seen a zombie movie, this is always a bad idea. Whether you keep the infected kid or... Your infected wife, like in The Walking Dead. And alive. It's not going to go well. He shows him to him and then leaves him out there with him. Walks back in for dinner. Jim does ask, why do you have him? And he's like, we're trying to learn. And what we've learned from him is that he doesn't... Have a future. Have a future. And what he's going to teach us is how long it takes for them to starve. Good idea. But not a good idea to keep him in the property. Right, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, maybe keep him outside the landmine area. So, like, if he does get loose, he'll blow up at least but no we see this so much in zombie movies where they don't want to let go of someone or in this case it's not emotional it's just purely it's to just learn. soldier crap these, <laughs> these soldiers are the worst in yeah. this film but they end up having dinner 
with the military. It's a very weird power dynamic going on. They like make fun of the person who was the cook because he didn't cook the eggs right or blah blah. They blah. have him dressed in like a woman's attire. Woman's attire. They me, seem to make fun uh, of him and stuff a lot too. Did you read in high school Lord of the Flies? No, we had to read it and there is a character that they automatically do you, do you know the plot of Lord of the Flies? Mm-hmm. Okay. So these kids get stranded on a desert island. It's all boys and they revert back to being primal and crazy and they like naturally select one that is weaker and make fun of him, but in reality that character is kind of like the most logical and the one that probably has the better ideas. And then I think in the end they kill him. I, I could be wrong. I haven't read it since high school, but it's a very popular book taught in high school. I'm surprised he didn't read it. He didn't. This character, though, I don't think is smart. He also was a super nervous character, kind of not the brightest of the bunch. Still degrading because they're like making fun of him and then like talking crap to him. They're like, did you not notice the eggs are off? And he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't know. And I just wanted to make sure that they had like the best meal. Again, been... these people suck. Yeah. This military sucks. Naturally, because he's the greatest character ever, turns to Hannah, the only other woman, other than Selena, I don't know if it's because she's further, but he's like, do you know how to cook? Because we need someone with flair in the kitchen. He's like, turns to her instead of Jim. I mean, I'd say that I cook pretty good. I'm a guy. Yeah, you cook a lot. Yeah, what if he doesn't know and Jim's like a professional chef and he's asking Hannah? <laughs> yeah, Food War style. If you guys have ever seen Food Wars, I think oh I, I tweeted about this, but Jesus Christ, what is that anime? Who decided <laughs> that this could be a show? Literally just porn with food. This lady is like squirming in her pants just over Listen, some Listen, just go watch it because bacon. I don't think we could describe it. This guy at the table, I believe his name was Farrell. They have this conversation about like going back to normalcy. And Farrell is like, well, isn't this what's normal? He's like, humanity has only been on the earth for a while. And so isn't normalcy where humans don't exist? And then the West guy is like, well, before this became a thing, all I knew was people killing people. And you know what this is? People killing people. So I would say that we're in normalcy right now, which fuck you, dude, honestly. Like, I get it. I know what you mean. But no, it's not okay. People killing people is not okay. No, he's making the situation very black and white. And I think it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah. And in that moment, minds go off. In the fields, the military kind of just goes in action. and We get this scene right after where Jim is talking to Wes. For some reason, he feels the need to take him into his, like, study and drink some whiskey. It's right after they have an altercation with Selena because one of the guys to celebrate is, like, trying to sexually assault Selena. Harass her. And this Wes guy, instead of being like, don't do that, he's like, slow down. Kind of trying to say, like, not yet, which is disgusting. Farrell also tries to help Jim and they punish him as well. They do. After that altercation is when he takes him into his study. And he basically explains to them that the reason they put out that they have sanctuary and resources is because he promises men he would get them women because women mean a future. Jim runs out telling Celine like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And they basically attack him. They tie him to a radiator and Farrell is also there because he tried to help them out. And he's talking to him and basically saying, Wes has gone crazy because the rest of the world is still okay. Mm-hmm. He's seen aircraft. He has heard news that they're just being quarantined right now. He's crazy. He's talking about repopulating the earth when the rest of the earth is still going on as normal. Yeah. (laughs) Which is insane. But it's also eye-opening for Jim because this entire time he's only seen that nothing is okay. There's a comment earlier from Selena that says that Paris and New York have been infected. This movie doesn't really go into how the rest of the world is doing, but I do wonder... I think it's explored more in the second film. Maybe it is. I don't know. I guess I have to rewatch it again and kind of put the pieces together but it is weird what i remember it's like the larger cities did not survive because we do get the scene before they enter the military blockade that manchester is like completely lit on fire basically the government nuked this place so i guess we can assume that they nuked all the like big cities but people who are out in country side places survived but cities are being quarantined don't know Mm. don't remember the second movie that well just remember it being bad just so much happens (laughs) jeremy renner's character dying for no reason anyway (laughs) anyway jim is taken away with feral and they are going to be executed in the woods basically he's saying like are you gonna stab me like a dog just shoot me and get it over with And then the cook guy, the more sensitive guy, if you want to call it that, like, hears him out and and just shoots him instead of 
trying to stab him because the other guy's a like complete douche he's oh he's those, the like, worst one he's like my dick's bigger than yours kind of people he's like ready to rape everybody and he is the worst i'm not saying that to be funny like he genuinely is trying to attack these women maybe his face is so like i, I am disgusted guy. yeah this is so sad to me because i think it's even a theme in like world war z where literally the world's going to shit and they're trying to collect food and get out of there. And then someone's trying to like rape his wife in the grocery store mm-hmm. when they're panicking and collect food. And I'm just like, this is what you're thinking about in a zombie apocalypse? Yeah, I don't like this trope in zombie movies. What it does is it points to like the... Human nature. I was going to say animality. I think it is, but I think when you are fighting for survival that takes over the part where you need to repopulate the earth (laughs) yeah it's one of the parts that i find so sad in this film because while feral was shot jim took that opportunity to hide amongst the dead bodies and escape he makes it seem like he's gone over the fence but he's still on the property and while this is going on hannah and celine are dealing with the rest of the military the sick fucks not only are they like gonna rape them they're making them dress up beforehand celine trying to like look out for hannah asks them to leave the room while they change because she was a pharmacist she's like take all these drugs it won't stop what's happening but it'll make you not care and i'm like this is a probably like a 14 15 year old girl and she's trying to take care of her because she knows that this horrible thing is going to happen. Now, it's super sad. But then, like, later on, Hannah is just high, wandering the <laughs> castle. And it's kind of funny. Yeah, but, super like, loopy. She's <laughs> like, things are great. Yeah, I can't even feel anything. It's funny. <laughs> but at the time, when it's presented, it's super sad to yeah. me. However, Jim has gone completely, like... Ninja mode. Ninja mode. Something snapped in his training. He is ready. He also went animalistic and was like, instead of trying to rape people you know what i'm gonna do just kill murder. everybody yeah. <laughs> murder these assholes the alarms go off so obviously everybody's like there's somebody at the blockade they assume it's jim it's raining there's thunder so a lot of the sounds are also muffled a lot of the soldiers are like oh it's just the thunder you idiot west and this other guy go to the blockade to look for jim jim kills one of the guys puts him in the car to make him look like he's just sitting there and west goes and sees that it's this guy is dead, but these zombies start to attack him, and he runs on foot back to the mansion. Meanwhile, Jim's already made his way that way. Did you think that this scene was like very Attack on Titan because the infected are running naked, like oh yeah, crazy, yeah. and he's <laughs> yeah. just shooting at them? Yeah. That's true. I didn't even think it about was that. super Attack on Titan vibes. <laughs> back at the mansion, Jim releases the chained zombie, which was Mailer. Mailer, yes. Uh, what I like about Mailer is that when Jim releases him, because he shoots the chain he kind of looks at him and is like thanks thanks <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna go eat a bunch of people <laughs> yeah. this is also another sequence that i dreamt about a lot was mailer in the window because oh, you just see his face yeah this is when hannah and selena are on the sofa hannah's like loopy as hell she's and, zooted out of her mind <laughs> and the soldiers are just standing around one of them turns around looks out the window lightning flashes and mailer's in the window and just crashes through the glass it's a good scary scene. It is. You don't expect it. I just like that Hannah's like super high and saying everything that comes to mind. She's like, you're all going to die in there. Yeah, she sounds like the girl you're from dead. Resident Evil. Yeah. Resident Evil 1 where the robot computer girl, remember, she keeps talking to the main character and is like, you're all going to die down here. Do you remember that? Seen... Resident Evil 1. The, the movie. movie? The movie. Oh, man. I do love that movie. I, I haven't seen it in so long. Remember, They're all on Hulu the right com- now. Yeah, remember the computer is like a British girl? It sounds like Hannah. Well, at least the way she's talking in this scene. <laughs> we should cover that one. That's technically a zombie one. Yeah, We're going to fit it into zombie mode. I told you I want to play the game. I too. love that movie. Those movies and Underworld, I was like, I fucking love these. Yeah. Us too. Me and Mark used to watch those like crazy. I also thought it was so cool because there were girls yeah. fighting and it was like not really common yeah it's true and you don't really ever see people talk about them as much that's as true. like a feminist type thing right yeah because people want to talk about black widow and captain marvel or like the first like female action heroes like no i would say it was it's also celine in in underworld <laughs> yeah. and then mila whatever her last name is it's her name alice in in those films is it alice it, it's like alice in wonderland i think it is theme she's made up for the movies she's yeah. not in the games love those movies though but hannah's voice kind of sounds like because she is like everyone's gonna die down here she says you're next that's when mailer comes through the window and literally kills him next (laughs) (laughs) and like celine picks her up and hannah's like whoa (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) 
This whole final sequence actually has a lot of funny scenes because Selena and Hannah are trying to run out the front door and the two soldiers come in and are like, where the hell do you think you're going? And the cook guy is running from Mailer and it's like Scooby-Doo where it's it like is. the one passes and then the Mailer passes. And then the other one, and he's like, what the hell? What the hell is going on? <laughs> it is really comical. <laughs> the cook does end up running downstairs and you think that he got killed by a zombie because he just runs and suddenly stops and it's Jim who's half naked. I, I think what's cool about this next scene is that I like that it paints Jim as potentially also infected when Selena runs into him, right? Because he's covered in blood. He's like animalistic. He's killing people. He does run into the shitty soldier from earlier who is holding Selena and he kind of jumps through the ceiling and then like attacks this soldier and gouges his eyes out with his thumbs and he's like bashing his head into the wall because it's in a dark scene. Selena doesn't know. Who it is. Well, she does. It's Jim, no? Does she? Because at the end she's like, Jim? Like, it's you? Like, I think she's assuming it's another infected person. Mm -hmm. And then he's like making fun of her because she hesitated. Because earlier she tells him. She's like, in a heartbeat. And then he's like, oh, you waited more than a heartbeat on that one. Yeah, it's really cinematic the way that they meet in the middle too. It's a real funny scene because they start making out and then Hannah comes in high (laughs) as shit and smashes a bottle over Jim. I thought you were eating him. (laughs) Eating her. And he's like, it's making out. <laughs> it all happens super quickly, but they finally get to a car. West is in the car, sees Jim and Selena, and shoots Jim. Yeah, because he's like, You killed all my men. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, Fuck you, dude, and like backs up into the house, and Mailer just yanks him out the back, and then she just drives off, picks them up, and in a fit of panic, because Jim is like dying from the gunshot, Selena's holding him. There's the gated fence, and he's like, Just punch it, fuck it, just go. It freeze pains to them kind of flying at the camera. We get quick flashes of Selena trying to resuscitate him. Then She's like, they're... live, damn it. And then the <laughs> next scene is like, they're waking up in a peaceful, serene, Cottage. cottagecore type house. <laughs> Beautiful landscape. Though. Beautiful. You know, I'd live there even if there wasn't a zombie. <laughs> he wakes up and he's like, makes a comment about how they have taken down the curtains as well. He's like, ugh, not the curtains too. And then he goes down and Selene is like vigorously sewing together what we later learn is like a help sign. But instead it says, hello. Jim's like, don't we have enough fabric? And in that moment, Hannah bursts in and is like, we see an airplane. We get POV shots of the airplane flying through the fields and see some infected on the floor that seems like they're also dying of starvation. In case we forgot to mention, this them living in the cottage scene is also another 28 days later sequence, which I think we mentioned earlier, but this is the part where it's implemented. 28 days later again. again. And when... We see the airplane panning over and we realize that the sign says hello. And then the last scene is Jim or Celine. I can't remember Selena. which Celine. She's like, do you think they saw it this time? So they've potentially been trying this for a couple of weeks now. And it seems like they have seen them because it looks like the plane is turning back around. I was thinking about how that plane's going to land because it's a jet. It's just going to land in the grass on top of the cottage. I mean, they're going to have to like style. back the fuck up. <laughs> go back in the house or something i don't know but for a zombie movie it is a fairly happy ending it is so there were apparently alternate endings there's an alternate Mm -hmm. ending where jim dies and it's just hannah and selena who do this at the end and instead of talking to jim hannah is talking to a chicken and there's another alternate ending where i think it ends with them in the hospital or something like that yeah why would hannah be talking to a chicken i don't don't get that one it's crazy it's 28 days later she's still high she has a serious (laughs) drug problem now thanks to selena you asshole nah yeah i think if you're going through the zombie apocalypse there's plenty of time for drugs plenty of time to do drugs i mean what else you got going on start a podcast who would listen (laughs) the chicken the chicken yeah but that's pretty much it yeah 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 yeah. did you like this what do you rate it i do like this movie i'm tentative to say that it's one of my favorite zombie movies because it's not super zombie heavy you get a few like crazy scenes but most of it is them trying to like survive and find their way i don't know since we're doing i guess zombie month i'll hold on to that one but i I do really like this i would give it a eight out of ten i'd say nine yeah you love this movie i do i told you it was like very formative to my upbringing and apparently nightmares because it just it made me think so much i think that's the scary part like you said where people are scarier i think this one you know debatably being the first running zombie movie i think is also scarier like world war z was just like this a thousand times scarier because they were literally piling on top of each other world war z is stressful yeah you don't see that here 
It's not like they eat you. They just beat the shit out of you. They're just angry at you for no reason. Till you vomit blood. Yeah. What? Why are I'm you still waiting it? for you to... Because you love this movie and you still didn't give it a 10 out of 10. I do love this movie. So I'm waiting for the movie that you finally give a 10 out of 10. I don't know. I don't want to like give a 10 to a movie. I haven't seen a lot of movies. Maybe I'll find another movie that I'm like, I love it. This better than 20 Days Later. So I'm putting it at a 9 because I'm like, maybe there's something out there that I like better. Okay, fine. Maybe I'll come back and be like, you know what? I do like it. Never mind. It's 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Do you want to talk about what scared Loki? I think the only thing that spooked him was, I think, in the military base when there's like a lot of noise happening, kind of like the lightning and stuff like that. Oh, during the, the gym going on a murder rampage. Murder rampage. Yeah, and the thunder and stuff. Oh, when the blockade sirens were going off. the alarm, Oh, yeah, he did not He like was that. starting to tell him his head. Good job, yeah. Loki. Good job. You do great in the apocalypse. What he- do you think, Loki? What'd you think about the movie? Sounds great. We'll see how you do with the other zombie movies. Yeah. Ones with more noise. He just doesn't like high-pitched alarm sounds. He does not. But you know what he does do really great with? When the fire alarm goes off here in the building. He's like, it's like nothing's happening to him. I think, if anything, he kind of <laughs> gets excited because he's like, we're going outside. Yeah. The first time that it happened, I thought he was going to like Freak start out. growling and barking or something. But yeah, we went out there. The alarms were sounding off. And he's just like, yeah, so, so what's so the what deal? are we doing? Yeah. yeah, but God forbid the neighbor jiggle his keys in his lock because that would set him off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was 28 Days Later. One of your faves. We'll post it up in seven days. Or three. This goes up Wednesday. Yeah, so three days. <laughs> so is that pretty much it for us here? I think so. All right. Well, as always, we hope you guys had a good time here with us. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Not Scared Pod, except Twitter. We are Shaken Scared Pod. You can send us an email at shakennotscaredpod at gmail.com. You can support the show on Patreon. We'll name our next drink after you with mentions on our website where the drink page will live forever. You can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting sites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, a bunch of others. Give us a listen, give us a follow, throw Loki a treat. Like, rate, review us, all that good stuff. And I think that's it. Okay, well. Thanks, bye.